What's what is wrestle? What? Huh? It's me, Austin. The numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you and sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch! I did it, but I'm not. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training. Introducing first your longtime fan, short time podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling hardcore champion, Peyton Men Ain't Shit Green. And his tag team partner, making his debut in the wacky world of fighting fools, Zach the Patriarchy Barlow. Oh man, the biggest heel of all time. Absolutely. This is a show for longtime fans and rookies alike. We're going to be taking you through some of the greatest shows, rivalries, matches, match types, anything we can think of, um, as long as my mouth shall flap. And if you don't know anything about wrestling at all, then don't worry, because as you'll soon find out, I, I, I don't either. I don't know what's going on. I, I just see moving objects and lights, and then Peyton explains them to me. Oh, I'm in the Plato's cave of right. <laughs> Whoa! Oh man. Uh, well, Peyton, what are what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, so we're talking about like just get the fucking men out. Delete, delete men. Okay, Matt Hardy and. <laughs> Insert uh, co- command V women. <laughs> um, uh, we're gonna be talking about the WWE's first ever all women's pay per view evolution going down uh, in 2018. A groundbreaking event that ha- a long time coming. Really, honestly, even now. The the WWE has really become like a women's sport. Uh, I mean, they main evented WrestleMania uh, this past WrestleMania. They've been you know in ladder matches, in Iron Man matches, in Hell in a Cell matches, Elimination Chamber matches. So why the fuck not have an entire pay per view about the women? And honestly, like they're kind of in a lot of ways better than the men. I completely agree. Um, it is the classic, you know, every, every time there's a running theme where when you take the underdog, when you take someone who is just really trying to shoot their shot and show you how good they can be, you get really good wrestling out of it. And that's why yeah. I like a lot of indie wrestling, too. This does have kind of an indie wrestling feel to it, and I think maybe you came up with a good point, is that they're trying harder because they have to. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, I think that this was really good pay-per-view. There's some really fun matches in here. Um, Absolutely. But I do, okay, I was, I was watching this last night with a friend of mine who is a woman. So, so this isn't just coming from a man's mouth. I mean, it is now. You by know, hearsay. so okay, so yeah, so you're so we actually were talking, it's two men talking about women's wrestling, but it is okay in that a woman did watch it. She, she, she really was, she was watching Sabrina while I was watching it, and oh. I made her 
watch the intro because I was okay. watching it and I was like, okay, something feels weird about this. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, women, they're always talking about how oppressed they are. But she looked at it and she was like, yeah, it's almost this fake inspirational, it feels like a tampon commercial. <laughs> yeah, they do try really hard. And it's like, it's like, because that's the thing is like, you know, a man made this part of it. Yes, yes. You know a man who, like, promoted this. Absolutely. And it's always like, ever since I was a little girl, I watched wrestling. And and that's fine, but the problem is, is that you have, like, all of the women wrestlers saying that. So, even if they're heels, like, they're kind of breaking the fourth wall. And, you know, it's it's just odd. Yeah, it, it is, you know... WWE's promotions department can be hit or miss for sure. Sometimes they can be over the top. One thing I do want to mention for the historical context of this. So this pay-per-view, let me let me pull up my old internet browser. Get on get on the old, let me surf the web. Okay, logging on. Yeah, logging the fuck in. Okay, Matt Hardy. So Evolution uh, happens in um on October 28th, 2018, the next pay-per-view, which happens on November 2nd, 2018, so just a few days later, is Crown Jewel in uh, in Saudi Arabia, the event where women are banned from competing. Yeah, I mean, the WWE definitely um, is, is saying one thing and doing another, because... While they're also like, oh, look how far we've come, we're so inclusive now... We really appreciate the women in the company. Vince also covers up rape. So, like, you know, don't don't let them slip one past you on this. The athletes are fantastic. I'm very happy for them. But the company itself is not entirely better. And and this was the, the crown jewel that happened right after Jamal Khashoggi was killed. So it was when a lot of controversy was around it. And they were when people started pulling out, like, like John Cena... And Daniel Bryan like just didn't show up, um, and they kind of stopped promoting it and started promoting Evolution more. But it was just like a weird like, it was just very weird that they had this all women's pay per view one week and then the next week was a pay per view where women were specifically banned. Yeah, yeah. And although because the WWE will say anything. Although, at the most recent uh, Crown Jewel, the one that happened in 2019, they did have a women's match, but they still had to wrestle in, like, jumpsuits. Like, that is odd. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going places? Um, you know... We're going places, and pla- those places might be Saudi Arabia, but we're going there. Um, so we start the show with a montage of the women's wrestlers, like Stephanie McMahon talking about the women's revolution, how they changed the divas division to the women's division. So yeah, they they make sure not to let us forget that we used to like instead of just calling them women wrestler or women superstar, they called them divas because they were eye candy first, athlete second. Yeah, and I mean, that is one thing, is that they really don't, like, and that is, you know, to their credit, that they kind of remind you through this whole pay-per-view, like, hey, we used to suck. Yeah, and they, you know, they do talk about that a lot, as, like, the 
and, and like I mean, you kind of, kind of can't. Like you'd be, you'd be, you'd be remiss if you didn't, if you didn't talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. You would be erasing uh, part of what makes this important. Um, so we start off. Uh, we're welcoming everyone to the show on commentary. We've got Michael Cole, Beth Phoenix, and Renee Young. So we actually have some female commentators there. I don't really know Renee Young, but I do know Beth Phoenix uh, is a Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Famer. So uh, that's pretty cool to have them. And we have some blasts for the past. She's uh, she's wearing a Bull Nakano t-shirt. A Bull Nakano. We actually watched one of her matches. She was a Japanese wrestler in the early days of women's wrestling. Yeah, I remember her. She was dope. So uh, yeah, I know it's a pretty cool way to start out. I, I did I did write this. I said, why does WWE have a strange obsession with butt rock? Like absolutely, because they kick this thing off with a guitar playing lady in the ring, and they're, they're I wonder if they wrote this song for this pay per view. So my question is, or not question, but just an observation. This is a very weird setup for a band. Like, the guitarist in the ring, singer is in the aisle, drummer is on the entrance ramp. You know, that's very... It's so linear. Everyone knows that bands are at their best when you spread them out real good. Yeah, bands are at their best when they're single file. Yeah, but I thought that was weird, too. Um, And it was... The the music was not, uh, what I would say, uh, very good. So... I know you don't watch The Bachelor, but The Bachelor series it has a strange obsession with country music. They always have, like, they're always playing country music. The country music stars come on, and, and, like, as guests, they do country music concerts all the time. And then all of, like, The Bachelor stars, like, show up at Stagecoach, which is, like, the country music Coachella. And so I feel like... The Bachelor is to country music what WWE is to butt rock. Yeah, no, I I think that's an apt analogy. Like, the wrestlers come out to butt rock. They have butt rock people come play shows. They have Fred Durst fucking, like, I don't know. They have Kid Rock in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Yeah. WWE loves butt rock. Um... I like that we start with Lillian Garcia as a ring announcer. She's the ring announcer I grew up with, so fun to see her return, at least for this first match. And uh, they have a fun way to start off the uh, start off the show with a with a blast from the past. We have Trish Stratus and Lita uh, teaming up for versus Alicia Fox and Mickey James. Um, so on our women's wrestling show, we got to watch some of Trish and Lita and Mickey James. Uh, Trish and Lita had, like, a legendary rivalry. They were the first women to main event uh, an episode of Monday Night Raw. So very apt that they're back here again. Yeah, and uh, Mickey James, well, it's just, it's. I'm glad to see her not in her, um, her old uniform and doing her old act with Trish. Um, yeah, and that's kind of interesting, too, is that Mickey James's career started with Trish Stratus. She came into the business as a Trish Stratus stalker with this weird lesbian angle that they kind of mention but don't go into too much detail about. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, 
Um, but I also think this was a smart placement on the card because they mention in the announce that uh, the first 30 minutes of this pay-per-view were free on Twitter. They were live streaming oh, yeah. it on Twitter. So, um, and the WWE is pretty good about trying to rope back in the older fans, right? Like, people yeah. that grew up with it. And if you grew up with uh, Trish and Mickey and Lita, and you see that they're all in a match together on Twitter, like, yeah, that would that would pull me in. I would, I would like, click that. You're like, okay, and then you watch it, and you're like, oh, let me see what the rest of it's going to offer. Yeah, that's actually pretty smart. Um, so, uh... Uh, Michael Cole actually mentions that Trish made her debut in this in this building. Alexa Bliss is coming out with Trish and Mickey. She's the one who won that Elimination Chamber match on our last episode. Uh, she comes out on the mic. She makes fun of Trish and Lita, says it's past their bedtime and they should turn up their hearing aids. It's very funny for someone who grew up watching these two to think that Trish and Lita are now considered old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... And, uh, since this is close to Halloween, they're all wearing, like, uh, Alice in Wonderland costumes. Yeah, that was, um, interesting. Um, so we got Mickey James, Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox kind of came in as I was going out, but she, uh, but at this point she's been in the WWE for, like, ten years. So she's also a recognizable name for people. Um... We're going to start things off with Lita and Mickey. Uh, Cole also mentions that Mickey wrestled Trish on Trish's final match on Raw, and she was the one who retired Lita, which we don't mention that after Lita was retired, they had two guys decide to come out and raid Lita's locker room and auction off her panties and her yeast infection medicine and her vibrator to the crowd because that's how we have a legend of the business retire. Oh, yeah, you don't remember when uh, Jericho retired Michaels and then he went in there <laughs> and got all of his, uh, got his vibrator and his, his underwear, and yeah? That just reminded me of a very off-topic story, but I'm going to tell anyway, that Shawn Michaels once posed for Playgirl, and then someone told him, you know, hey, it's mostly gay men who read this magazine, and then he was, like, very ashamed. Nah, Sean. It, just because it's not okay. Let let everybody appreciate that body. That's all I'm saying, Sean. Yeah, you're a sexy boy. Be a sexy boy for everyone. Yeah. Um, and also though, you know, I will say, Peyton, that raiding the locker room of a man is not unheard of because you might find big old tubs. Of, of ass the, cream. Of ass cream. Yeah. I actually showed Alexis that clip yesterday. <laughs> What do you do with ass cream, might I ask? Uh, that doesn't make any sense unless people have seen that clip. But the Dudley boys once raided Chris Jericho and Christian's locker room and pulled out a giant tub of ass cream. I feel like we covered that in an episode, did we not? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Um, so uh, Lita and Mickey start things out. The crowd's chanting, let's go, Lita. Um... I noticed it was really dark in this arena. Is that just me? No, no. I I also thought that. Like, I almost but wonder, I thought that was just kind of the new part of the new look. I I wasn't quite sure. I almost yeah. wonder if maybe it's a way to hide smaller crowds. Oh, that would make sense. Maybe. 
Um, the, the commentators talk about Trish Stratus as like she basically became a wrestler before their very eyes. Quick not to mention that she used to crawl around and bark like a dog for Vince McMahon. Um, oh, we get Trish in the ring. Uh, she uh, Lita uses Trish as a launching pad to hit a flying clothesline onto both women in the corner. The crowd's chanting, you still got it. When Mickey comes into the ring, crowd goes wild, and so we get to see Mickey and Trish once again. That's really cool. Um, Trish is going to go for a Hurricane Rana on the top rope, but Mickey fights back. And Trish eventually does pull off that Hurricane Rana and covers her, but Mickey kicks out. Lita gets tagged in. Everybody goes to the outside, and they start trying to walk to the back, but Trish and Lita chase after them. Um, We're eventually going to get... Lita isolated in the corner by Mickey and Alicia Fox. Eventually, Lita's able to hit a reverse DDT tag in Trish. Alicia tags in Mickey. Trish hits a spine buster. Mickey kicks out at two. Trish reverses a DDT into the Stratus faction, tries to pin Mickey James, but Alicia breaks it up. That's when Lita hits a twist of fate on Alicia and follows up with a Lita assault on the both women. Trish gets a chick kick on Mickey and pins for the win. I thought this was a great, fun way to start off the show. Absolutely, and it, it honestly, like, does a lot. It sets the tone really well because literally, you know, all three of these women, well, I, I, the ones that, that I'm more familiar with, not not counting uh, Alicia, I'm not sure what she had to endure, but had to do some, were subject to really embarrassing things at the hands of men. Hold on, let me look. I think Alicia Fox maybe. Ah, yes, yes. Alicia Fox also had to endure some stuff because she first debuted as the wedding planner for Edge and Vicky Guerrero's wedding, who Edge cheated on with. So let's so Edge cheated on Vicky Guerrero, his dead friend's wife, with this woman who was playing their wedding planner. Yikes! So that's how she started off. But yeah, all, all of these women, um, you know, like, Trish had to bark like a dog. Mickey had to do a weird stalker lesbian angle. Alicia had to do that. Lita had to be fake married to Kane. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, like, she was really defined by her relationship to Matt Hardy. Um, and Edge. So- and Kane. <laughs> Yeah, more so than than her ability on her own. So I think that this is a really good tone setting match to show the the way that things have changed. Yeah, absolutely. I I enjoyed it. <clears throat> uh, so we go backstage and the inter- interviewers talking to the Bella Twins about Ronda Rousey. Um, that's kind of the big match here. Is uh, Nikki Bella is going to face Ronda Rousey in the main event for the Raw Women's Title, um, and. Ronda Rousey is a you know a former MMA star and turned wrestler, uh, and I also do like it how now instead of having like the women's title, the divas title, they just have Raw Women's, SmackDown Women's. It's a lot simpler, and it's like why didn't we just do that the whole time? SmackDown yeah. tag team titles, Raw tag team titles, very simple. Um, but uh, the Bella Twins are like insulting Ronda's mom. Uh, and they're going to dedicate tonight to Rhonda's mom so that they can embarrass her daughter. I don't know. It's classic heel stuff. I do remember, though, when this debuted, 
right? Rousey had just joined the WWE. Um, uh, it was a little weird. Like, she made a couple of appearances early on, and then it was a while later before she, like, truly started wrestling. But, yeah, no, Ronda has not been with the WWE for very long. Yeah, I just remember this being really controversial because there was an argument that, um, and, and honestly, I think that these people were right, that she should not have been the main event at this show. Yeah. That there were other women that were more deserving. That's actually a good point, you know, uh, like, I think maybe the match that comes before this with Charlotte and Becky Lynch, those two did a lot more for the women's division than Ronda did. Ronda didn't build the women's division. The women's division was already there, and she just kind of came in. I mean, it is, I mean, it is like, you know, it's like when celebrities come in and, like, main event Raw or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's just because she was an MMA star, and honestly, um, I'm going to go ahead and say, Almost everyone that's a real fighter that comes into wrestling is not good <laughs> at wrestling. Just because you can fight doesn't mean you can act. Sure. Um, now, yeah. CM Punk learned that that also applies the other way around. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Does not mean you can fight. I think the only person who's like a good real fighter and a good fake fighter, like wrestler, is probably Kurt Angle. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking I think the same thing. It's probably the, the uh, only exception to that. Um, so we talk more about what evolution means to you. Um, uh, we see Kelly Kelly in there, um, whose gimmick was stripper. Ah. Uh, uh, Lillian Garcia talks about how, because she was the ring announcer, she talked about how there were a lot of times where she was the only woman in the building. Because uh, she was the ring announcer, and it would be a show with all men on it. Um, so that was a cool little mention there. So next we're going to go to a 20-women battle royal for a future women's championship match. So I'm going to try to go down all these people, and, and we'll give quick blurbs about them. Um, we've got Naomi coming out first. She's all glowy. We've got Michelle McCool, the original Divas champion, and Undertaker's wife. Her, it, wait, his real wife? Yes, his real wife. That's his wife. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, they actually, uh, he was married to someone else, and I think he cheated on her with, with this woman. I mean, uh, hey, you know, dead man has to rise every now and again. Oh, my God. Well, Undertaker used to have a tattoo on his neck that said Sarah. I don't know if you've ever noticed that watching matches with him. Sarah was his former wife, and he since got that tattoo removed. Although, yeah, I mean, it is kind of gross because Undertaker's super old, but... Yeah, he's a lot older than her. But imagine getting a tattoo put on your neck and then removed from your neck. Oh, not on your neck, your throat. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, I, I'd have to really love you if I'm going to put your name on my throat. Um, yeah, oof. Uh, we get Sonya Deville, she's ready for a fight. Hall of Famer Alundra Blaze, who we watched on our women's show. Uh, the crowd has no idea who she is. <laughs> Aww. Uh, Carmella. The announcer says she wants to inspire others. She's the first women's Money in the Bank win win winner. Zelina Vega, who I the only thing I remembered about her, the commentator said, was that her dad passed away in 9-11. Um, Kelly so, glad that, so glad that seeing those towers fall. No one her dad was in there. Tragic. Right? 
Wow. Absolutely. You're just going to assume that her dad died in the, in the World Trade Center? I never said that. <laughs> just on 9-11. Well, he could have been in the Pentagon. He could have been in the Plains. He could have been in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. He could have been a first responder. He could, he could have, have just had a heart attack on he could have just, September 11th of any year. I actually was reading a very interesting story because I was reading about like true crimes and stuff. I was reading about an unsolved murder that happened in New York City on 9-11, and one of the main reasons it went unsolved is because there was not enough police to like investigate it that night. Oh, man. Yeah, it's kind of fucking shitty, right? Um. But uh, but I'm glad that, that that tragic experience in her made her say, you know what, I'm gonna show I'm gonna show the world what I can really do. I'm gonna wrestle. Yeah. You know, just how interconnected those two things are. Um, Kelly Kelly, who I mentioned was a stripper and started wrestling at 19. Wow. Uh, and when I say was a stripper, she was not really a stripper. That was her gimmick. Was that she stripped? She did a. That was okay. So when ECW the brand first debuted, that was one of the things they did on there. Was they were like, "We're gonna have a woman strip," but then her boyfriend in storyline came and interrupted her every week because they were like, "That's extreme, right?" Boobies. Ugh. Um. Uh, Tamina is comes out. She's the daughter of Hall of Famer and murderer Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> Ember Moon, I was not able to take any notes about because I was eating pasta. That's fair. Lana is the ravishing Russian. Uh, Maria Kanellis, who uh, was originally, uh, when I watched it, she was a backstage interviewer and was dumb. That was her gimmick, was that she was dumb. Well, cool that she isn't dumb anymore. Yeah, and she also just had a baby five months ago, they said. And she's back in the ring, so that's pretty cool. That is insane. Uh, Molly Holly, who, uh, if you're wondering, hmm, Holly, is she related to Hardcore and Crash? No, not in real life, but in storyline, yes, she is their cousin. Although, that kind of (laughs) stopped coming up, and she just kept the name. Uh, Molly Holly had an interesting career in that she lost a, uh, Loser Must Shave Their Head match at WrestleMania 20, so she shaved her head bald for wrestling. Ah, rocking that Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uh, she also, they tried to make her do a gimmick where she was a slut because in real life she, uh, believed in not having sex before marriage. So the WWE decided to use that and have, make her have a slut gimmick. Disgusting. Yeah. Dana Brooke comes out. I was also eating pasta then. Uh, <laughs> Nia Jax comes out. She's described as an irresistible force. Wait, 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 wait. I need to know. This is important, Peyton. Yes. What kind of pasta? Uh, chicken parmesan. Ooh, good chicken parmesan. Made it, made it myself, kind of. The, 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 the chicken parm was frozen. Um, Nia Jax is out next. She's described as an irresistible force because she big lady. Uh, we get Ivory, another Hall of Famer, and you may remember her from the one who beat the shit out of China and made her, made her pass out. Oh, yeah. Um, Asuka is the winner of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Tori Wilson comes out, another blast from the past. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are the Iconics. I like that there's a wrestler with my name. (laughs) 
the Iconics get the mic and they make fun of Long Island and their accents because it's an easy way to get cheap heat. Oh, yeah. And they said this is the last few spotlight moments for all these other women. And so immediately all of the other women tossed them out of the ring. <laughs> uh, and then they had this cool moment where the older wrestlers and the newer wrestlers kind of start brawling with each other. Um, uh, Molly Holly gets thrown out by Sonya and Mandy Rose. They throw out Kelly. Uh, Tori tries to eliminate Sonya, but Mandy comes from behind and dumps her over. And then Mandy eliminates her friend Sonya. Um, Alundra Blaze is knocked over the top rope. Maria gets headbutted out of the ring. Uh, Anaya Jackson and Tamina are kind of coming face to face here because uh, they're the two big ladies. I believe it's uh, Anaya Jax is uh, the Rock's cousin. They mention huh. later because they say because uh, they show the Rock's mom in the crowd and they say that. That that's her niece. That's right. That's right. They do. And I was thinking that that kind of makes sense because uh, I got some real Rikishi vibes from her in not just like in the way that they are large folks, but just some of the moves into picking people up and that kind of thing it was very reminiscent. Yeah. Uh, well, and then also every Samoan wrestler is related. I, I don't mean that to be like racist, but it's like, it's, like, fucking, like, so true. Like, except for the except for Jimmy Snuka, and even they are, like, considered, like, Jimmy Snuka and Rocky Johnson consider themselves, like, blood brothers. Like, they're not, like, technically related, but, like, they consider themselves family. So, like, Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka are also kind of related. <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's, it's really wild. Um... So they're kind of, you know, the focus here. Uh, at one point, I don't even know what exactly happens here, but it's like a quadruple suplex. Yeah, so it's like four women on each side in what appears to be some kind of football-like, you know, like rugby clash. huddle. Yeah, and then, like, four of them lift up the other four. It's one of those goofy wrestling things that it's like, okay, clearly this could never happen in a real fight, but it is pretty fun. Yeah, that would never happen just organically. <laughs> um, uh, Carmella, for some reason, starts dancing and flossing in the middle of the ring. You know I hate a dance break. Yeah. Then I, Ivory starts dancing. Yeah, no, anytime there's a dance break in a match, it's never good. And here's the thing. Unless your gimmick is dancing. I don't know if Carmella's gimmick is dancing, but I guess it like, is I mean, now. she was dressed like a dancer, right? Okay. Apparently it is. And Ivory starts dancing, and it's just weird and not necessary. Uh, uh, Mandy gets eliminated here. Um... Ember Moon eliminates Dana, and both of those were my pasta people. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ember Moon attempts a springboard splash, who gets kicked in the stomach by Michelle McCool. McCool tries for a powerbomb, but gets backdropped to the apron and then kicked off. Asuka and Naomi double-team Tamina to take her down. Naomi charges at Tamina, but Tamina throws her like way up into the air and over the top rope. Uh... The crowd, uh, uh, 
Ivory lasts a long time in this match, surprisingly. She's like the last of the older women still in there. The crowd is chanting, you still got it. Um, and then, uh, but eventually she starts celebrating and gets, gets knocked over. Um, I think that's where she goes. Yeah, that's when she goes out. Um, the crowd starts chanting NXT when Asuka and Ember Moon are, are fighting. Um, eventually we get down to the last few. Um, uh, Asuka is eliminated when uh, Ember Moon hits a crazy corkscrew cutter and tosses her right over. So now we're down to Ember Moon and Nia Jax. Um, but then all of a sudden, Zelina Vega, who was just laming it out on the outside, comes in, tosses Nia to the apron, and acts like she's won, but she actually hasn't. So uh, Nia Jax lifts her way over her heads, tosses her straight to the floor onto Tamina. And then eventually, uh, Nia Jax chokeslams Ember Moon... And then tosses her over the ropes and wins the match. I do like that uh, Nia got this because I feel like in these types of matches, whether it be a a you know battle royale or a royal rumble, there always is like big man throwing people over the rope, and it always should make sense for big man throwing people over the rope to win. It should never. It never not makes sense for that but it almost always doesn't end that way yeah the big guy never wins and this time uh, the big lady s- did so yeah i was glad to because like, oh, okay cool that makes sense because why wouldn't she yeah so uh so nia Jax takes this one she gets interviewed afterwards says she has her sights set on the women's championship she's asked who she'd rather face but she doesn't actually answer so <laughs> Classic politician answer. Um, the next match is the final of the May Young Classic, which is basically just a tournament named in honor of May Young, a uh, kind of pioneer in women's wrestling. Uh, the, the commentators talk the imp- about the empowerment of all of women all around the world. Uh, it was an eight-week tournament among several women all over the roster. Now we're down to the final two. Tony Storm, who came in second the year before, and Io Shirari, a Japanese wrestler who loves Rey Mysterio and wants to make a worldwide name for herself. Okay, so I somehow... Did, did they mention that she loves Rey Mysterio when they when she came out to the ring? Yeah, I, I heard it because I wrote it down. Okay, I, I somehow I, I don't think when that. she came out to the ring, I think she said it in this pre-match thing. Oh. She, she said... I somehow missed it because the whole time I was watching her, I was like, wow, she's doing... It's a lot like Rey Mysterio. I really like this girl. And then she hit the 619, and I was like, yo! Smells like Rey Mysterio spirit. Absolutely. Um, I I like how in the lead-up to this, they show blurbs from different sports outlets to make it feel like a legitimate athletic contest. (laughs) Um, Shirari wears a cool tiger mask. Uh, The crowd does a dueling chant for both women. Uh, They call... I can't say her name. Sh- Shirai? Shirai. Shirai. They call her the genius of the sky. Okay, it rhymes. Uh, Tony Storm, meanwhile, is just 22 years old. That's crazy that there are people way younger than me doing wrestling. Doing wrestling? I was thinking that it made me feel so old. Yeah, we are old now. Uh, this is really a nice athletic uh, match. Uh, 
we get some good grappling. Shirai does a nice handspring into a backflip into a dropkick. Uh, Storm at one point hits a big German suplex onto Shirai right on her head. Um, Storm's going to go to the top rope, but Shirai dropkicks her off to the floor, and then he, she goes to the top rope, hits a moonsault onto the floor. They brawl on the apron, and Storm German suplexes her on the apron, and she just drops like a dead fish. Almost gets counted out, but she does get back in the ring. Uh, we get stiff shots in the middle. Um, and then uh, Storm turns her inside out with a clothesline and follows up with a Storm Zero, which is a, just like a Tiger Driver double underhook uh, powerbomb. But Shirai's going to kick out at two. And Shirai hits the 619. Dude, Shirai is now my favorite. Good. And you know, you know what made me mad about this. What? Well, well, keep going, and I'll I'll say when we get there. Okay. Well, she hits the six one nine, follows up with a springboard sunset flip, gets two. Shirai's gonna go for a moonsault, but Storm gets her knees up, and follows up with the Storm Zero for the win. Is it is stupid, that... dumb? You're mad that she didn't win. Yeah, because just like Ray, she was doing all the work. She was what made that match. Fantastic. Not to take away from Storm. Like, she's fine. She's fine. It's fine. But she's not doing sick flips and jumps and and 619s. Shirai is what made that match. Just like yeah. just like Rey Mysterio does. And just like Rey Mysterio, I get mad. I get mad when that person loses. Because it's I'm like, s- they were doing all the work. I'm sorry, my dude. Well, you know. Sometimes that's what builds good heat. It makes you like when she loses, even though she did everything else. You want to see, you want to see her trying to make a comeback. It's building. Yeah, but Peyton, it was an eight-week tournament. She deserved it. I guess. Um, it was a pretty awesome match. I thought. I just wish it was a little bit longer. I thought yeah, it was a little same. Short. Um, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and someone who is the assistant head coach of NXT are all out in the ring to give Storm the trophy and some roses. Uh, more what evolution means to you. They say we're going to break history, and this isn't the end. Um, so our next match is going to be the Riot Squad of Liz Morgan, Sarah Logan, and Ruby Riot versus Sasha Banks, Natalia, and Bailey. We've seen a lot from Sasha Banks, Natalia, and Bailey. Um, not so much from the others, but uh, but let's get into it. It is a six man or six woman tag team match, so probably your least favorite type of match. Absolutely. Also, we have to talk about the fact that apparently Sasha Banks is Snoop Dogg's cousin. I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, oh wait, was it Sasha's cousin or was it Bailey's cousin? I, Maybe uh, it is Bailey. I thought they were talking about Sasha. No, but... I think it's probably Sasha. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's bonkers wild. That is definitely bonkers wild. Um, man, everybody's related to somebody, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not related to Snoop Dogg, and that makes me mad. I meant in this in this thing, because we got The Rock's cousin, we got Snoop Dogg's cousin, we got a 9-11 guy's daughter. <laughs> um... The Riot Squad, they're all dressed like horror characters, Jigsaw, Pennywise, and Leatherface. Uh, and then Cole talks about how Sasha and Bailey got us, to, got us to this point, like competing in the first ever Iron Woman match, still one of my favorite matches. 
Um, Liz Morgan's gimmick apparently is that she's a brat and a millennial, and she's going to start this off with, uh, with Natalia. Uh, Natalia, obviously, Bret Hart's uh, niece and Jim Neidhart's uh, daughter. Uh, I think you have the name wrong there. I think it's Liv. Is it? Because they make a stupid remark that I, this is the dumbest thing I ever heard. They were talking about her, and they were like, yeah, she used to be depressed, and she thought about suicide and dying. And she said she didn't want to live anymore. But then she did, and she named herself Liv for that reason. Oh, it's so fucking edgy and cool. I hate it. I See, now I'm the one who doesn't know about wrestling because I'm calling people the wrong goddamn names. <laughs> okay, Liv Morgan. You're right. I looked it up. It is Liv Morgan. And that is so, so dumb and such a stretch. <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, I'm just, here, yeah, no, that's why her name is Liv and not because it's short for Olivia. They should, like, uh, you know, she should do, like, have, like, a new monster character. She could be Death Morgan. <laughs> do, a, do sort of a lady lady Undertaker thing. I would be down for that. Uh, Death Morgan is the end of Red Dead. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, cool moment when Natalia and Sasha hit the heart attack on Morgan, the uh, the double team finisher of the Heart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are double teaming Logan. She goes to the outside, but Bailey gets a baseball slide. Cool moment when Bailey tries to do that baseball slide again, but she gets drop kicked into the turnbuckle post. Um, the commentators call Bailey an onion because she's got layers. A Shrek reference. Yeah, love a good Shrek reference in my wrestling. Which, uh, to be fair, though, Shrek references wrestling. That is true. He does wrestle that in that one part. That one uh, scene, yep. Uh, Logan is literally dragging Bailey from her corner. And I like how Ruby Riot is only coming in like just to do like a quick move and then tagging right back out again. Really, yeah. really builds Why her up. Why does the squad get to be named after her? Because she's the boss, I guess, and that's why she doesn't have to wrestle that much. There you go. Um, uh, so Bailey is able to eventually fight them off, try to get to the corner, but Logan pulls Natalia down from the apron. Bailey eventually fights everybody off, finally manages to tag Sasha in. Uh, Sasha uh, hits a backstabber, followed by a Bailey belly and a cover, but Morgan pushes Sasha into them, breaking up the cover. Um, Sasha is going to attempt a dive from the top rope onto all three women on the outside, but they catch her, and they just slam her right into the barricade. Uh, Logan lifts uh, lifts Bailey up on her shoulders, and Morgan follows up with a clothesline. They pin, but Natalia breaks it up. Ruby Riot goes to the top rope, but Bailey comes in and just, like, puts herself over Sasha to protect her, and then Ruby Riot just jumps down on both of them. Why did Bailey just move her? Or knock Ruby Riot down? Why did she just get on top of her and make them both get hurt? Um, that's a great question. Um, so there's no one in Sasha's corner now, and she's just getting triple teamed until she eventually manages to tag in Natalia. And she puts Riot and Logan on top of each other and locks in a double sharpshooter, which was cool. 
Um, the Devil Sharpshooter was really awesome. I did really enjoy that. Uh, Morgan's going to come in. He had a knee face buster, pin Natalia, but Natalia kicks out. Morgan is going to charge at Natalia, who catches her for a powerbomb. Bailey tags in and hits a flying elbow drop. Sasha tags her in, uh, tags in, and Bailey dives onto right on the outside. And then Sasha Banks hits a frog splash and pins Morgan for the win. I think six-person tag matches are hard to make fun, but this is pretty decent, especially that ending and how all three women got to be involved in the finish. Yeah, no, I agree. It was a it was a fun match, but you know the thing is, is like okay, like the WWE's come a long way with Evolution, right? Like, but it, the fact that there is a white woman with dreads in this match just shows how much farther yeah, they have to go. That is that is a thing there, huh? <laughs> uh, more what Evolution means to you. For some reason, they have to thank all the men that got them there. I don't know. That was really necessary. Um, our next match, though, is for the NXT Women's Championship. Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane, who is the champion. Apparently, this is the first time the NXT Women's Championship has ever been defended on a WWE pay-per-view, which is kind of wild to me. That is wild, and this is a really good match, too. Uh, apparently, it's just been defended on NXT pay-per-views, so not WWE shows. Um, Dude, we, we got to talk about how great Kyrie's gimmick is. Yeah, she's a pirate. She's a pirate. That's so fun. And here's the thing: I've seen pirate gimmick be done before and be awful. This time it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, pirate gimmick's a hard one to do right. But you know, I'm always saying that I love the wackier gimmicks and I miss them and I miss the wackier characters. So when I saw that she was a pirate, I was like, okay, this is right up my alley. Meanwhile, uh, Shayna Baszler is another MMA fighter, so she's just Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Uh, they have, like, a, what they call the four horsemen of the, uh, the four horsemen of women's wrestling, which is uh, <clears throat> Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky Lynch, and then the four horsemen of, like, women's MMA fighters, and they kind of show up here, but... Um, and then there's, uh, of course, the, both of those, are both of those a reference to the Ric Flair Four Horsemen? Yes, which is a reference to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Ah, no, I'm pretty sure that that's also a reference to Ric Flair. Ah, yeah. Well, Ric Flair is pretty old, so I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he does predate that reference. <laughs> um, so uh, we go back to last year where Sane beat Baszler in the first ever Mae Young Classic last year. Uh, Baszler clearly doesn't like that. She says she's the women reason the women's division has evolved. She's the queen of spades and the submission magician. I like how Kyrie Sane comes out with the NXT title in a treasure chest. In a treasure chest! It's so fun. I wish she would have just fucking stabbed her. I wish she would have a peg leg. Oh my god. Um, back and forth action has started out. Baszler keeps trying to lock Sane in a sleeper hold. But Sane keeps getting out of it. Um, we uh, we go to the outside. Sane slaps the shit out of Baszler on the outside. But uh, Baszler slaps her, slams her into the steel steps, hits a hard knee in the corner. She's really focusing on her arm, and she's twisting it. And it looks gross the way she's twisting her arm. It does. It looks super like, like ooh, that should not bend that way. And then she stomps on it. It's like, man, that looks like that hurts. Like, they they really do a good job of selling submissions here. 
Yeah, and like, okay, you know, moreover, when we're talking about like people that are like, okay, this is your chance to shoot your shot, this is the developmental territory in evolution. So, like, these guys are, I'm sorry, these gals are really, really uh, motivated, I guess. They are. And don't be worried about making that mistake because Cole also makes it too. He says both men at one point. <laughs> he says both <laughs> men go down in the center of the ring. Um, Sane's going to put Baszler in an inverted sharpshooter, but Baszler attacks the arm and breaks the hold. Sane's going to hit a spear, gets another spear in the corner, follows up with a corkscrew neckbreaker. She's really favoring her arm. Um, Sane starts going for the top rope but gets kicked in the arm. Baszler stands on the middle rope. Sane's on the apron. And this is a crazy move where Baszler lifts her up by the arm and puts her in an arm bar, and she's just dangling, like, over the ropes. Oh. You just said, oh, what happened? Oh, I was just just thinking of that. Oh, okay. Just because it's precarious. She just drops her down to the floor. Sane reverses the suplex into the DDT, goes to the top rope, but Baszler rolls out of the ring. So Sane hits a flying crossbody from the top rope to Baszler on the floor. The crowd is chanting NXT. Uh, Sane tosses Baszler over the guardrail and right into two members of the four horsewomen of the NBA, NBA, MMA watching on the outside. Jessamine Duke grabs Sane by the hair, but Sane hits a backhand. She goes back in the inside, goes to the top rope, but Marina Shafir, one of the other four horsemen four horse women that is comes in but she gets a backhand Baszler locks in a sleeper hold Sane rolls through gets a two count she tries to roll her up again but Jessamine Duke kicks her in the face all while the referee is blind apparently and Baszler locks in a sleeper hold and Sane passes out Baszler gets the win and the title uh, you mentioned this but very rare that you see a match end in a knockout yeah, I thought it was cool, but this one did. I mean, yeah. again, my favored uh, wrestler did not win. That upset me. But I thought that, you know, it, it, fun way to change it up. Yeah. Um, Baszler is apparently the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion, so she, Duke, and Shafir walk out in celebration. I thought this was a really good match. I was, And it just goes to show that, you know, again, the people with the most to fight for are the do the best, put on the best show because not only are they women trying to make their shot, they're also in developmental. But you know, I thought it was really incredible. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. This is this. You know, watching through, I was like, okay, this is clearly going to be the best match of the show. And then I think the next one actually takes the cake. But this one was fantastic. This is really good. Uh, more what evolution means to you. Uh, talking about the importance of the event, we hear from the Rock's mom and Vicky Guerrero. Uh, so our next match is the first ever women's last woman standing match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Charlotte, which is Ric Flair's daughter, and then Becky Lynch, two women who are considered to have redefined the women's division here. Uh, now, I don't think I have ever seen a last man standing match. This was a new match type okay. for me as well. Yeah, all right, yeah, I don't know that we have. Pretty simple in that you just have to... First person to win is the first person who keeps their opponent down for a 10 count. So no pinfalls, no disqualifications, no countouts, no submissions. 
They ju- you just have to knock them down for a count of ten. Basically like boxing with weapons. Yes. Uh, it's, you know, I-, I can't think of a lot of really great last man standing matches. They just kind of are forgettable. Eh, none of them are bad. It's just that, you know, I just... It's hard to think of a lot of really good ones. Uh, none really come to mind. But this one was good, for sure. Yeah, uh, no, this one was fantastic, and that's really great that they were able to... You know, it's one thing to be like, oh, we're doing Ladies in a Hell in a Cell. It is another to be like, okay, this is this is a match type that no one really likes that isn't really that... doesn't have that many iconic moments. Now you get to be the one that makes it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Becky and Charlotte were friends until Becky turned on her to take the women's title. Uh, we see Edge interviewing her, and he said, Don't do this. You'll end up sad. Uh, you won't even like yourself. Becky says, You're right. I don't like myself. I love myself. Uh, <laughs> at one point in the lead-up to this match, Charlotte spears Becky through the fucking wall of the stage, um, which is cool. Interrupts her at the WWE Performance Center. Michael Cole says these two have had 11 matches together, and they have a 5-5-1 five to five to one record, so they are tied, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, the crowd is, like, weird here in that they're booing Charlotte, even though she's clearly the face, and they're cheering for Becky Lynch, who's the heel. So. Yeah, yeah. that is odd. You know, maybe sometimes heels are, you know— I honestly think it's easier to be a heel than it is to be a face, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely more fun to be a heel. It, I mean, like, I know this from real life. It is much easier to get people to hate you than it is to get them to like you. Yeah, but then that said, it is really hard to play the bad guy story in Fallout 3 because you're like, ooh, I gotta blow up a whole town. Yeah, Ugh. it is. Um, you're like, oh, I gotta be mean to the little kid. I can't do that. Um, the, uh, Charlotte does the Ric Flair strut at one point, and Becky, uh, does it too, to, like, kind of mock her. We do get some dueling, let's go Becky, let's go Charlotte chants. Um, funny moment here, whenever Ric Flair would go to the top rope, it was like a, like a, like a gag. It was like you knew, okay, Ric Flair goes to the top rope, they're gonna throw him off the top rope. It always happened. And it happens here to Charlotte too. <laughs> it was just like one, it was like how Mick Foley brings a weapon into the ring and he gets hit with it. When Ric Flair goes right. to the top rope, he never actually hits a move, he always gets thrown off. <laughs> um, Becky attempts to dive from the middle rope, but Charlotte gets out of the way, hits a big boot. We go to the outside, and Becky gets a kendo stick and starts beating Charlotte with it. It's really cool because, like, when I was, like, when I played WWE video games, you couldn't even put, like, women in, like, hardcore matches. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, this is, like, I have never seen a women's hardcore match. I don't think. I don't think we've watched one yet. Uh, And this one is fantastic. uh, The crowd is chanting, we want tables. Uh... They start just throwing chairs in the ring. Dude, so many chairs. So many chairs. How many were they thinking they were going to need? I mean, hey, maybe they were planning on having a lot of friends come over and sit. <laughs> but I guess uh, uh, Charlotte's going to up the ante by getting out a table. Uh, Becky runs up the steps, dives on the Charlotte. Uh, she starts beating her up with the chair. 
the crowd chants, you deserve it. And does that mean they deserve, they mean Charlotte deserves to get hit with a chair? I guess so. What did she do to y'all? Yeah, what did she do to them? Um, maybe they just got tired of her. I don't know. Maybe she's like a John Cena type. Um, Becky's gonna slam Charlotte into the pile of chairs into the ring. Uh, Cole describes the fan support for Becky as a cult following. Um, Becky tries to suplex Charlotte onto the chairs, but Charlotte reverses it into a suplex of her own. And it looked fucking brutal. Like, okay, I know that slamming someone through a table looks cooler, but slamming someone into a pile of steel steel chairs has to be more painful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this match is, like, really stiff. Yeah, um, she lands, like, right on her head on those chairs. Yeah. It's it's insane, and it's awesome. Yeah, she's holding the back of her head. Um... Charlotte gets that table in the ring, but as she's uh, getting back in, Becky kicks her down to the apron, slams her into the pile of chairs again. But Becky puts Charlotte on the table, climbs to the top rope, but Charlotte stops her. Charlotte puts Becky on the table, climbs up, hits a moonsault, but the table doesn't break. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, which we've seen that problem before, I think, in women's wrestling. There was another show that we watched where they couldn't get the table to break. Yeah, I, maybe they weren't heavy enough. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, that that's probably it. So she just redoes it and, and puts her through the table this time. Um, the ref counts them all the way up to nine but uh, before they're able to get up. I like that Michael Cole says this, uh, or Charlotte goes and gets a ladder, and Cole says, TLC isn't until December, because this basically has turned into a TLC match. We got all the stuff. Absolutely. Um, super cool. Uh Becky or Charlotte wraps Becky's legs around the ladder rungs and starts stomping on them before locking in the figure eight, which is a figure four, except for she just like bridges upwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, eventually, Be- Becky manages to grab a chair, starts hitting Charlotte's legs, makes her break the hold. Uh, we go outside again. Becky grabs her championship and just starts walking away. Charlotte chases her to- through the crowd. They're brawling through the crowd. They end up coming back to ringside, and Charlotte starts taking apart the German announce table. At least it wasn't the Spanish table this time. (laughs) Maybe, you know, women's wrestling can establish its own tradition with picking on other foreigners. Yes. Uh, Charlotte sets up the ladder, but Becky hits her in the face with the title. She says, that's the only way you'll ever get my title. Um, And then Becky puts Charlotte... On the announce table, climbs up the ladder, hits a diving leg drop through the announce table. Crazy. Look at how far we've come. Women are putting each other through the announce table. I love it. I love it. Um, Charlotte gets up at 9 and says, that's all you got. So she gets angry and starts piling rolling chairs on top of her. Dude, this was my favorite part of the match. Is that, like, she's just throwing every piece of furniture she can find. On top of Charlotte. It's Charlotte pre- buried under a pile of chairs. It's pretty smart. If the goal is to keep your opponent down for a 10 count, I mean, why hasn't anyone else thought of that? I know. Just, like, bury them. And um, the the effect that it has when she gets up and she's pissed is yeah. just awesome. Yeah, Charlotte manages to get out of the rubble at 9, starts beating up Becky with a kendo stick, then spears her. She starts dragging her, sets her up on the other table in the ring. Puts, she climbs up to the top rope. 
Oh, actually, we're outside the ring at this point. She climbs up to the top rope, but Becky follows up and power bombs Charlotte from the top rope through the table. Charlotte tries to get up, but can't make it up before the ten count, and Becky ends up retaining. Um. Yeah. No, I thought that this match was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Like this is now one of my favorite matches. Good. Well, you always like a good hardcore match, and this uh. And it, there was really creative usage here of the weapons, and it felt, like, very innovative and cool. Absolutely. It's always nice when we can do something new, and, and these women are definitely doing that, just that. Um, well, now it's time to go to our main event here, uh, the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Nikki Bella, uh, who is a twin, I remember I stopped watching wrestling right around the time they burst onto the scene, and basically their whole gimmick was, LOL, we're twins, sometimes we switch places during matches. Uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, the classic sister-sister kind of deal. Absolutely. Um, they, uh, they say they're proud of Ronda Rousey, then they turn on her. The Bellas say they're the ones who started the women's revolution. Ronda says this great thing. She says, the only door you knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom. Oh. John Cena proposed to her at WrestleMania 33, but then it was like, so he proposed to her. They got engaged on, oh, they actually broke off their engagement almost exactly one year later to the date. They got engaged on April 2nd, 2017. They broke off their engagement on April 15th. Do you think it was 2018? Work? Huh? Do you Maybe. think it was a work? The Maybe. whole engagement? Oh, oh, was it a work? I don't know. I thought you meant, was it work? Like they saw each other too much. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Nikki Bella, or Brie Bella, is married to Daniel Bryan. Ah. Um, they insult uh, Ronda Rousey's mom, uh, which they dedicated to her. Uh, Ronda comes out dressed like Rowdy Piper. That's kind of her gimmick. Rowdy Ronda Rousey. She dresses like Rowdy Piper. She has a shirt, his kilt. Nikki, I guess, is going to wrestle in a hat. Um... It's a decision. Uh, Rhonda gets a takedown right away, and she like pulls Nikki up to her feet just to mess with her. Um, Rhonda's going to throw Nikki out of the ring, but Bree distracts her, and Nikki slams Rhonda's face into the ring post. So Nikki is actually the one who kind of dominates this portion of the match, surprisingly. Um, this just does feel like a very weird thing to be the main event of the show. It felt like the other match should have been the main event, just because those women seemed to have more of a legacy. Yeah, yeah, um, and and the I mean, this match is fine, but it's not as good. Yeah, um, we're fighting on the outside. Nikki slams Ronda into the apron and then into the barricade, back and forth. She locks her in a head scissors in the ring and does push ups. Bree manages to get a cheap shot on Ronda. Uh, Nikki wraps Ronda around the ring post, slams her face into it. She comes off the middle rope with a springboard kick to the face. There are dueling chants once again of Nikki Bella, Ronda Rousey. Nikki's going to attempt a superplex, but Ronda knocks her to the mat. She attempts a flying cross body, but Nikki gets out of the way. Ronda does, blocks a kick and does an impressive roll through to get Nikki onto her shoulders, and Brie is on the apron, so she picks up Brie Bella too, and she slams them both from her shoulders. That was pretty cool. That was really cool. But Okay, you know what I will say about this match? It's a lot of big spots, and it's a lot of downtime in between them. Well, with Ronda not classically trained as a wrestler, I, that doesn't really surprise me. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, and I think that you hit on exactly why that is, is that like she not having the training cannot keep up the tempo. Yeah. Um, Ronda's going to unload with the right hands on the mat. This would have been a good match. I think they should have just switched the two matches, maybe. Yeah, um, that would have been fine. Nikki's going to try to escape through the crowd, but Ronda pulls her back, throws her into the ring. Bree tries to attack Ronda, but Ronda just tosses her right over the announce table. Nikki hits an Alabama slam in the middle of the ring. Ronda's going to charge at Nikki in the corner, but Nikki gets out of the way, follows up with the rack attack. Ronda kicks out at two. Uh... Nikki can't believe it. Nikki goes to the middle rope. Um, but Ronda leaps up there, rolls her up into like an armbar that looks pretty fucking disgusting. Uh, and she taps out immediately. Um, yeah. It, I mean, okay. And I think the more egregious thing than having Ronda Rousey in the main event is having her win it like that. Yeah, it was a very short, quick match with really not much to say for it. It wasn't definitely wasn't bad, but there were a lot of better matches on this show. It was literally just to get people that watch Ronda Rousey and MMA to watch some wrestling. Yeah, it's it's because she's a name. I mean, that's that's the that's the reason. I mean, it's the same reason why you know they put like people like Goldberg in main events still. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, the whole crowd ends up celebrating with Ronda. Um, and uh, that's going to end the show. But all in all, I think it was, uh, it, was, it was a pretty damn good one. Yeah, no, overall, fantastic pay-per-view. Uh, there was no bad matches, I'll say that. There was nothing that I hated. Um, yeah. There was a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, good show. Glad that they gave women this opportunity. Unfortunately, I don't know that there's been another evolution. Uh, I think they should keep it as a regular show, but they haven't. They didn't do one in 2019, which was kind of disappointing. But if we keep going back to fucking Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <sighs> but this did lead the way to uh, them having the women main event that year's WrestleMania, so that was pretty cool. That um, is very cool, but I agree with you. We need We need yearly evolution. Yeah, um, so I think uh, I think you uh, you said it. You, your favorite match was that uh, was that last woman standing match, huh? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I was a big fan of that one too. Um, that might be my favorite match on the show as well. Um, well, I think that's gonna about do it for this episode of Turnbuckle Trading. Now. To be fair, we're kind of putting these episodes out sporadically. That's because me and Zach both have a lot going on in our lives, and the world has a lot going on. Because we're right in the middle of a national health crisis, and I don't know what's going to happen in the coming days. But yeah. If you're home it's wild. and you got nothing to do, you can listen to this podcast. Yeah, stay safe out there, y'all. You know, be, be washing your hands, which you should do anyway, because it's gross if you don't. Yeah, I uh, I can't say when our next episode will be, but uh, but I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking for our next episode, we watch a movie. Oh, I do love a good wrestling movie. Uh, this one's gonna be actually a pretty good one. Uh, next next time on here on Turnbuckle Training, we're gonna watch The Wrestler, starring Mickey Rourke. Um, that uh, kind of gives us a very real gritty look at what life is like to be a professional wrestler. 
sounds fun. I really think that, you know, um, David Arquette did that pretty well, but ah, we'll see how true. Mickey Rourke does. Uh, so stay tuned for some updates about when that one's coming out. Stay safe out there. Stay sanitized. And uh, thanks for listening. It's me, Austin. The numbers don't lie. And they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch. I did it for the ride.